Have no fear of missing out. Your host is Brian Franzo. I'll tell you what you don't know. And now, your host, iSocial Fans. Welcome back to another episode of the FOMO Fans Podcast. My name is Brian Fanzo, and we're going to talk a little bit of strategy today. We're going to break down... Uh, really how I look at each social media network, um, and it's from a business perspective. Uh, I'm a .com. I am not a .org. Um, I am not a charity. I am not on social media for likes or exposure or for any of those things, um, or even really going viral. Uh, for me, uh, I, I like to be extremely strategic. I, like, I understand and embrace the importance of community. I, of course, create a lot of content, um, but everything I do online, every, every aspect of um, how I use social media, how I test things, is done from a strat- from a strategic point of view, and I have data to kind of back it up because I'm kind of a, a, a data nerd when it comes to that kind of thing. But um, I'm excited to kind of share this with you guys. Hopefully, um, in, uh, in excite you guys about some new ways of approaching things, or really even just a, a different perspective as you're creating content, or maybe as you're creating a LinkedIn post versus something that maybe you are planning on sharing um, somewhere else. So I'm going to kind of break that down for you guys. Um, also on this episode, uh, shout out to our sponsor, uh, Fable.co. So shout out to uh, Fable.co. Uh, Fable is the is the power is the digital content engine that is powering Brian Fanzo. Com. Uh, it's much more than a website. It's more of a dynamic content creating and media hub. Uh, it's great for creating your uh, individual landing pages, as well as allowing you to uh, not only create one theme that is universal, but it allows you to scale up and scale down very nicely, uh, creating some dynamic content. They've worked with the likes of the NHL, uh, different landing pages for lots of big brands that I've worked with, including um, SAP and, and Oracle. And so uh, give them a, a check them out. The, the note will be there in the show notes here um, on the podcast, but hopefully you guys um, are excited as I am. I, I love that I got to work with them on brianfanzo.com, which is my, my new speaker website, and, and they're uh, the Taj and the team are the reason that this podcast is, uh, is brought to you today. So I'm going to break down social media, kind of talk about where I, um, I look at this, and just to put this in, in you know, view, like I, I've reverse engineered my entire 2018 uh, mapping deck, each lead that I got and I closed. And to the point where I was reaching out to different uh, people that had hired me to either do influencer work or hired me to sponsor a podcast or hired me to speak at their event and reverse engineered what was their first touch point, what was the piece of uh, that made them email me or pick up the phone or whatever that may be. And interestingly enough, 80% of that uh, of my closed leads would be mapped back to a social media interaction or a piece of content. And I think for me, the the big piece of this, the reason that I wanted to kind of share this, the reason I think uh, when I talk about it, people uh, have this kind of feeling of either a combination of overwhelmed or like, wow, I'm not thinking about social media that way, is because for me, I'm always about testing and tweaking, but I'm also a big believer in if everyone's zigging, I want to zag, right? If everyone's doing something, on, especially in the social media space, I want to I learn and listen to why they're doing something and why it's working, but then I want to go somewhere else where no one's playing. It's why I'm currently studying TikTok, and it's the reason I'm studying TikTok is not necessarily because I want to be a, a, to create content on TikTok, but I want to understand the user behaviors of the Gen Z and, and those that are not only creating content, 
but those that are consuming content um, on that platform. And so when I look at things, when I look at, like, you know, as we look at the, the different avenues and, and networks that we're able to um, kind of work on or connect, I like to kind of break these things down and, and how they, they work for me. And so I'm going to start with the, the first place where I'm going to start, and I'm going to lump these two together, and I'll explain why, is, you know, when I'm looking at a strategy, uh, you know, I look at the difference between a network and a community. And then I also understand the difference between people that are uh, going to consume my content once versus people that are my fans that are going to consume my content over and over and over again, right? Those of you that are listening to this podcast and you subscribe to the podcast, you are someone that I consider a fan that I've built that trust with where you have decided that you want this content over and over again. A lot of other people follow me on, on Twitter or social network and they wait to see a podcast episode that maybe the topic is, um, is the right time for them or maybe um, something else I said somewhere else sparked their interest. And so those are things that I like to think about as I'm breaking down kind of each one of the social networks and how I believe um, they are valuable for how we're using them for business. Remember, I'm not going to teach you how to grow your following to 100,000 followers because I don't believe growing your following to a mass amount of numbers is always the goal. If you are able to uh, have a following of 5,000 people and a massive group of them are, are, are your rabid fans that not only buy from you, but also inspire other people to buy from you, uh, I would argue 500 rabid fans are much better than 100,000 um, of those that are just following you on a social channel. And so for me, when I look at this Overall, and I'm going I'm to I'm start with Facebook and Instagram, but I want to set the, the bar with something that is extremely important for me. One of the goals that I've set out since the beginning, since November of 2013, was that I did not want to build a following on a social network. Rather, I wanted to build a community of people that could follow me wherever I go. And what I mean, the difference between that is, and it's kind of like what people talk about when they talk about an email newsletter, right? The, the, I hear this all the time, Brian, with all of your followers on Twitter, what if Twitter went away? Well, first of all, I don't think Twitter is going away. Second of all, if Twitter went away, I would be upset because I don't have somewhere that I could provide my insights in real time and blurt out all the stuff that I blurt. But I don't believe my, my business would suffer. I don't believe my community would suffer. I believe people would find me where I'm at based on the value and the trust and the things that I am building um, with people, you know, kind of across the board. And so this is an essential element. When you're thinking about social media, you're thinking about what should I share? How much should I share of myself? The thing that I think you have to remember is people say this all the time, don't build on rented land. Well, guess what? Rented land is all over the internet. We're living in a swipe your credit card type environment. The question now becomes, how do you extend your trust and build trust where the audience determines where they want to follow you? Anyone that's listened to me be a guest on a podcast, people will always say at the end of the podcast, where do you want people to follow you? And what I tell people is, my account, my my brand is iSocialFans. You can, uh, I'm on every social network that is out there. Don't follow me everywhere. Pick your favorite social network to consume content and give me a follow there. And the reason that is is because I think this is a mistake that we oftentimes make is that when we're trying to build a following on one social network, let's say YouTube, all we do is blast out on Twitter our YouTube links. Then on Facebook, we give them like a 10-second clip of it and tell them to come watch the rest of it on YouTube. And the question I ask you and the question I, I, I think you should start asking yourself on why this doesn't work, do you like being told what to do? Do you like being told where you need to consume content? In today's day and age, we are the, we are the Netflix generation right now. Everyone that's in this generation, we want 
our stuff where we want it, when we want it, how we want it, and we want it in whichever format we want it at, right? And so for me, something like like even Netflix, like Netflix would not be valuable for me if I couldn't watch it on my phone or my iPad, right? Because that's how that's how my life exists. And so when you're thinking about your social networks, this is a massive importance for me because it is not about growing your direct following on that channel. I believe that you can use advertising, you can put money behind certain things to, to target you know wh- what you're trying to accomplish if you're trying to get direct call to actions. But when you're looking at, at the bigger picture and you're trying to, hey, how can social media grow my business? I do believe you have to come from the mindset of saying, it's not about building an individual following on one network, it's rather about building that overall community. Now that does not mean you have to be on every social network and you need to be creating all kinds of different content. I do all of that so that I can learn and grow and hopefully give you guys different advice and tips that that are out there. And so the first one I'm gonna start with is Facebook and Instagram. So Facebook and Instagram, um, if you would ask me a year ago, uh, Instagram was my favorite network personally to consume content, to create content. I loved Instagram stories. Um, I do believe over the last six months, Instagram has taken a massive downturn. Uh, You don't get to see the people's content that you want. The algorithm seems very forced. More people aren't getting the content that I know that they should be getting. And even those that are getting it are getting it a day late. Or we've seen this many in many cases. Um, all of a sudden, we get five posts uh, in, in one hour from one person rather than seeing five different people that we want to see their content. So it's definitely an interesting day and age with Facebook and Instagram. But, but the way I look at Facebook and Instagram is that if someone is following me on Facebook and Instagram, they've already they've already found me. They already kind of either a friend has recommended them, or they've 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 connected with me in some port. They've seen me speak. They've listened to my podcast, whatever that may be. And this could be on my Facebook page, in my Facebook group, or here on Instagram. And I think when you're looking at all of these things and you're looking at that, when I think about Facebook and Instagram, here's what I think about: these are not people that I need to to get them to buy into who I am. They're people that I need to nurture and build trust and help them get to know me better. Like I like to say, I think Instagram stories is an unfiltered view into who I am and what I'm about. I bring people on the journey with me. You get access to me unlike anything else. I'm not posting a lot of the same things or even what I I don't share the same uh, mentality and those things with with Twitter or um, on my podcast even than what I do on Instagram. And really Instagram allows me to do that. Facebook also is one of those ones where people already know you. They already like you. More than likely, they already trust you because they've liked your brand. And now the question becomes, when I'm sharing content on Facebook, I want it to be hyper relative. I want it to be from a, from a level of value. But I also want the Facebook content to not be get to know me content or pitching someone content or content where I'm like, this is how you hire me. I believe that audience on Facebook is already at that spot. And so I really focus on my Facebook posts, my Facebook content, even the Facebook lives that I do on Facebook live on how do I nurture that trust? How do I, how do I help these people? Because Facebook is a network, right? People connect with, with your brand because other people are connected. It's not, we're not coming together around a Facebook page for the most part because we have a shared purpose or, or a common passion. It's, it's the, the network itself is what bonds us together um, around Facebook. So when I look at Facebook, that's how I look at it. Instagram is very much the same. I, I, I think Instagram is in very interesting time and place right now between now and the end of the year. Um, they're going to alienate a, a big portion of their fan base, uh, especially I think from the creator community as well as um, the 
influencer side of the house with their, you know, it seems a lot more ads, a lot more hashtag placements, a lot less of the people that we want to be following. Um, I also don't think hashtags are nearly as valuable anymore on Instagram because first of all, they let us do 30 of them, which I think has always been overkill. Um, and there's also the, the hashtags have been saturated so much that a lot of people are posting content using a hashtag that has no relevance to the content, which then immediately alienates someone from consuming that. So from a business perspective, I look at Facebook as people that already are fans of mine that I want to nurture with them, hopefully for them to become my advocates. Now we're going to jump over to Twitter. And for many people that are listening to this, you might not be active on Twitter. I know Twitter is one of those platforms that if, you, if you're if you on Twitter, you probably love Twitter. If you're not on it very often, it's probably because you really haven't figured out its value and you don't really like it. Um, I absolutely love Twitter. It's the platform I spend the most time on. Um, it's where I share the most information. You know, I easily tweet 20 to 30 times a day uh, and I schedule 15 posts a day uh, on Twitter as well. Twitter is much more higher real-time conversations. Um, And when I look at Twitter, what I look at Twitter for is Twitter is a community. It is not a network like you would think of Facebook, right? When you look at Twitter, Twitter people follow you or follow a hashtag or discover your content because they care about what you have to say. They care about the topic that you're talking about. Maybe it's a hashtag that's trending. Maybe it's a hashtag of of an event that you're at. Maybe it's a sporting event um, that everyone's talking about the, the football game or the soccer game, whatever it may be. And so Oftentimes on Twitter, what my goal is on Twitter as I'm sharing content is I want people to be aware of what I'm doing for a living, but I want to establish thought leadership. I want people to understand the the array of knowledge that I have. So when I'm talking and sharing content, even if I find like nine digital marketing posts that are really valuable, I'm not going to share those in a row on Twitter, but I do share a lot of content on Twitter. What I like to do is I like to share a little bit about digital marketing, a little bit about artificial intelligence, a little bit about empathy and psychology, a little bit about technology, a little bit about, and I, and I like to sprinkle that in because I think when you're looking at Twitter being a real-time fire hose of conversations, there are lots of people that are looking for lots of conversations, and if you're only talking about one thing on Twitter, your, your overall view of, of what's going on on Twitter is going to be very siloed and very controlled. Now, for those that are like, God, I hate Twitter. All I see is bad news, and there's trolls, and people hate me. Here's the thing. You control your feed on every social network. If you are, are, are currently getting a bunch of, of noise and nonsense in your Twitter feed, you must unfollow and block people because Twitter does not present information into your feed unless there are people that you are following or it's a paid ad on something that you're, you're, you're contributing to and there's not very much of that going on. And so it's something that I try to hammer home a lot with people is that if your social media right now is frustrating, if it's too polarizing or you don't like you're not enjoying it or people are too negative, follow unfollow and block them. You have it is your feed for a reason, right? And like that is something that I take a lot of pride in that if it if it's something that is someone is bullying something, like I'm a big believer that you should be following people that have a different opinion of you because how do you how do you how are you able to see holistic all sides of a story if you're not listening to to both sides? Like I never watch Fox News uh, or just CNN. I watch both of them, um, and, I, and I realize about 10% total of 
both of those channels is of value. And so I try to figure out, okay, if this person's saying this and this person's saying that, the truth is somewhere in the middle sometimes. Sometimes you never know where the truth is in that space. But I think Twitter is one of those platforms. I don't people believe people follow enough people on Twitter. I also don't believe they don't share enough uh, variety of the things that they, they like to talk about or cover on Twitter. And they're often too siloed to, or they just drop links there and they can't figure out why it doesn't work. For me, Twitter oftentimes, more oftentimes than not, sparks a conversation with somebody that leads them to going, oh my goodness, I didn't know that you talked about that. I didn't know that you provided that service. Let me go back and research to figure that out. So I talked about Facebook and Instagram, talked about Twitter. Uh, I'm going to jump into um, LinkedIn, and then I'll, I'll finish up here with uh, blogging and podcasting and how I, how I treat um, that kind of medium, because I think those are just as important. Um, when, it looks, when it comes to LinkedIn, and I did a whole episode of this show on LinkedIn video. I'm very bullish on LinkedIn video. Uh, LinkedIn has, has limited the reach of LinkedIn video a little bit but I still believe in LinkedIn video is massively valuable. Less than 1% of the users on LinkedIn are creating uh, video content. Um, you can also use five hashtags on LinkedIn, which is really nice to do. And for those that don't realize, LinkedIn is a content uh, platform that is owned by Microsoft. They're big into the data play. Um, and so what I look at LinkedIn, LinkedIn has been so valuable for me, but the way that I treat my content on LinkedIn is I try to make it hyper-personalized. What I mean by that is when I, when I create a video, I actually start the video by saying, what's up LinkedIn, Brian Fanzo here. Because on LinkedIn, LinkedIn has always been a dumping ground. And oftentimes the people that are following me on LinkedIn aren't following me on Twitter, aren't connected with me on Instagram. A high majority of the people that are following me on LinkedIn are people that I've done business with, or maybe they were my coworkers, or maybe they were my business partners, or maybe we spoke at the same event, whatever that may be. And so what I try really hard to do on my LinkedIn content is first make it very personalized. The second thing I try to do is leverage the data that, that LinkedIn gives me to kind of lean into what works. And that's going to be a theme of this episode, right? It's not about like my rule, my way works the best. I mean, there's, you have Gary Vaynerchuk doing it one way. You have Ty Lopez doing it one way. You have different people, different brands doing things all different ways. My, my good friend, Amy Landino doing it one way. I, I believe it's all about listening and learning how different people do it and then customizing it to how you do it. But when it comes to LinkedIn, it's about personalization. And the other piece about it is I want people to remember that what, how they can hire me, what my, my business model is, but I also want them to be able to see the, the type of work and type of clients that I have. Because on LinkedIn, one of the things that I've learned is that I don't need 10 people to comment. I need one or two people to comment. And then on top of that, those one or two people, the difference between them and, and someone commenting on Instagram, when someone sees my content on Instagram per se, they're like, wow, Brian, I love what you're doing. I, can't, I hope I get to see you speak someday. On LinkedIn, they'll comment on my feed and go, Brian, that was really empowerful. How do I hire you to speak at my company? Right? And so I like to think that LinkedIn, a lot of times, I get more of the decision maker that is ready to take action that has a budget. But part of that reason that you have to get on their radar is you have to use the data. When you post on LinkedIn, LinkedIn actually gives you the data telling you what, uh, what job titles were looking at your content, what businesses they worked for, and then what region they're in, right? And so when I look at something and all of a sudden I'm like, wow, there's a whole bunch of salespeople that liked my last video. 
Well, more than likely, they're gonna see my video that I create next. So my next video is gonna have a much more sales uh, theme. Maybe the title of it is gonna be something about social selling or uh, creating business value, right? Let, LinkedIn gives you data unlike any other platform that you should be using to kind of tweak and customize even what you're sharing, right? And, 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 and being very good on that. The other thing that I do on LinkedIn is I spend a lot of time engaging on other people's posts. LinkedIn more so than any other platform in my opinion, if you comment and add value to other people's posts, there's a high likelihood you could you could build a relationship with someone that would be of business value, right? Like on Instagram, we've heard it all the time, go comment on other people's feed, more than likely they'll come back and follow you or best case scenario, your content will show up in their feed. On LinkedIn, commenting on other people's feed and, and not hijacking their, their, their post, rather sharing your own point of view, it, it, it commands authority, but it's also people that are like, oh my goodness, what does Brian Fanzo do? Oh my... Wait, his whole resume is right here. It has his whole background. I want to reach out to him and see how it is to work with him. Now, of course, LinkedIn does have lots of spam and lots of things going on. My other tip for LinkedIn is it's the only social network that I have notifications turned on for. So I actually have notifi push notifications on my phone that every time someone comments on LinkedIn, it disrupts me. Now, the reason for that is, and this is my own strategy, I don't believe people check LinkedIn as much as they check every other social network. And so if I want to create a conversation, remember, there's a difference between getting people to comment and inspiring a conversation. My goal on LinkedIn is to inspire a conversation. My goal on Twitter is to inspire a conversation. More often on Facebook, my, my goal is to, to inspire a comment or even a Facebook message where someone messages me and says, I watched this. But on LinkedIn, when someone comments, I want to reply right away because there's a chance they might not check LinkedIn until next Monday and they might be off the platform for an entire week. And when they come back and they see that notification, like, why the hell did I even comment on that, right? So I think real-time engagement on LinkedIn is essential for finding value on LinkedIn. Now, when we look at all of these, uh, and I kind of tie this up with, with creating content, so blogging, podcasting, and video content. When you look at these social networks, each one is different, right? The reason I think Instagram is amazing and it's something that we all forget too often, it's the only social network that exists today. Uh, TikTok doesn't really count, but we'll, maybe TikTok counts. It's the only social network where you can guarantee almost to a fault that 99% of the people that are consuming your content on Instagram are doing it from a mobile device. No one goes to Instagram.com to watch it on the browser. On Facebook, a lot of people do. On, on LinkedIn, a majority of people are doing that on their browser, right? On Twitter, it's a hodgepodge. Like I know that my audience is 61% uh, on a mobile device because Twitter gives you that data and it's, it's, that data is free. Um, but that's something really important to remember because this is something that I think most people forget. I think creating content is the easy part. Finding a great article to share is the easy part. The hardest part is crafting a title or crafting a, a thumbnail or something to grab people's attention. And then even the harder part of that is putting the content in the feed at the right time, right? The, the, the right time is the most essential piece, right? And we have algorithms that really screw with that. But when I look at the right time, it's a matter of knowing, okay, well, if I realize that 
most people on Instagram, uh, they're on their phone. I'm not going to post something when I think my target audience is in a meeting or I think my target audience is at their desk working, right? Like they're not going to have their phone on them, right? Versus when I know that they're going to be sitting at their desk and they don't have their phone. It's also important to remember that the weekends is just as important as during the week when it comes to sharing your content. I oftentimes will take content that works the best during the week and I will reshare it with a different title, maybe even a different thumbnail on the weekend because more often than not, the same people that are on LinkedIn during the week are not on LinkedIn during the weekend, right? And this all sounds crazy and sounds overwhelming, but let me remind you, 80% of my closed leads have come through social media have come through social media. So yes, this is complicated. Yes, it's strategic. Yes, I leverage the data. Yes, I spend a lot of time engaging and having notifications on my phone. But guess what? It's creating business for me. And so I think it's one of those things that we all talk about and we hear this all the time. It's the time that you put into something is oftentimes what you get out. But I would say you have to be strategic with your time, but you also have to be methodical with thinking another level deep. Just because you know Instagram users are on their phone doesn't mean you just post content that looks good on your phone. Now you have to remember, well, if they're on their phone, they're not only distracted by their phone, but they're distracted by the world around them versus if I know someone is on their computer. Like I think Sunday nights, if you're, if you're looking for a great uh, time to post on Twitter, I love Twitter on Sunday nights. It seems that Sunday nights, a lot of people are sitting around watching a, you know, the end of a football game or they're checking their email to get started for the week and they'll throw Twitter up, right? Like start thinking about this at a layer down and start trying to look at saying, okay, how can I you know, focus on this real-time delivery of this content? Because just posting in real-time, easy. Just posting on the channel that you think your audience, easy. Everyone's doing that. The difference is listening, leveraging the data and posting at the right time. Now, the last part of this, and maybe even more important than all this combined, is having some kind of content or some kind of, um, I'd say, cornerstone content or some kind of uh, piece of, of, of storytelling that people know that they can get from you, right? And so, of course, I host three podcasts currently. I create a lot of video content. Um, and I also turn my podcasts into blogs on my website, iSocialFans. But if I was giving advice and I was looking at this from a strategic point of view, what you want to do is you want to make sure that if you're going to drive someone to consume something, make sure that is your best thing, right? I do think right now we are creating way too much content and we're just creating content for content's sake. Someone told us we should blog three days a week. We're blogging three days a week. Instagram was rewarding us to posting um, in our feed every day. We just started posting every day in our feed. Now we have no idea what Instagram is actually rewarding us for because let's face it, Instagram is, I'm just really disappointed on Instagram and, and their moves recently. Um, but when we look at this, I, you want to have that cornerstone content. And so for me, the, the big piece is when someone says, wow, Brian, they watch a video on LinkedIn and they comment, wow, Brian, that was really uh, great information. I love how you broke this down. The way that you reply to that is, you know, hey, what was your favorite part of uh, what, what things jumped out at you, right? You, you want to foster a conversation. You don't just want to, thanks so much. I appreciate that, right? Because that ends the conversation. But you want to foster that. But then your reply to their comment next is important because they might say, well, I really loved how you talked about empathy in a way that I've never heard before. My reply oftentimes than not is, oh, that's so great. Did you know that I did a whole episode on empathy on my podcast? Here's a link to the podcast if you want to listen to that more 
right? And so having that like cornerstone piece of content that highlights your expertise as well as your business as well as what you're trying to accomplish is extremely important because it's not just about blasting your own content. Like, yes, you're going to put your, your podcast on Twitter and on Facebook. Um, yes, you can have an email newsletter. The thing becomes is when someone, when, when you capture someone's attention and you're able to have a conversation with them, where is the place that they can take the next step to go from being interested about you to being interested in you and now wanting to consume more? For me, my podcasts are that way. And so when I do my, my when I pick which episodes I'm, uh, what the theme of each episode is going to be, I'm very strategic on why I'm using this topic. And for those that want, you know, listen to my podcast every week, you might think that it's very random. I'm like, wow, Brian was talking about his yogurt shop one day. The next day he was talking about working, you know, speaking at a travel event. The next day he was talking about entrepreneurship. The following day he was talking about privacy. But each one of them are very strategic in a way that it's for me aligning with either a business problem that I solve in a way that would be of value or it helps people gain, you know, take the next step in that business relationship with me. Because I do believe one of the bigger mistakes that we're making on social media is that just because someone's following you doesn't mean they're a fan or your customer. Let me say that again. Just because you have a million followers does not mean you have a million customers. It also does not mean you have 100,000 customers or 10,000 customers, right? Someone following you wants to learn more, wants to know more. It's your job to understand how to go deeper with the right ones so that they stick around so that they become your customers, right? The, that, that article that broke a little while ago um, about someone that had 1.6 million um, subscribers on Instagram or followers on Instagram and she couldn't sell 40 articles of clothing or something. Now the truth came out and they, she had to sell 40 pieces of clothing in 19 different lines, uh, different departments. So it was much more complicated than what the buzz line um, headlines like to say, because people just wanted to bash influencers, bash social media. But what I'm here to tell you is it's not about growing a ton of followers. It's about getting a bunch of people to come to your channel, but then keeping the ones that, that you, that are the right people for you, the right people for your, you know, like for your business. And so when I look at this, right, like I'm, I'm, I, I'm on TikTok right now um, for one reason, is five to seven years from now, I know that I need to have advocates that are Gen Z, that, they, that are in middle management roles that can then go pitch their boss or maybe they started their own company and they can, they can pitch their boss to hire me for an event. So I'm strategically building trust. So I'm not talking about, not talking about subscribe to my podcast. I'm not telling people that I'm a speaker. I'm not, I'm not doing all of those things. I'm playing that long game. And on other channels, it depends on where my goals are, right? Where you know, hey, I'm working on a new partnership. I have two new partnerships that are launching in September. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double down on that on Instagram because the people on Instagram have got to know me at a very um, granular level. And more than likely, when I tell them that like, oh, I really need you guys to support my sponsor or I'm working with this brand, I would really love your support. Those on Instagram, those on Facebook, and even a, a tighter community of those on Twitter are going to jump at that opportunity versus LinkedIn where someone's going to be like, I don't care what you're business is paying you. I want to know what your business value proposition is and if it fits in my business and what I'm doing uh, uh, you know, as my core, my core group of business. And so I do think it's important. If you like the blog, start a blog. If you don't have a website, go to medium.com. I've been blogging on Medium since 2014. It's an amazing platform. Um, if you're not into blogging, start a podcast. If you're not into podcasting, start a YouTube channel. And remember, 
the YouTube channel doesn't have to be your focus, right? Having content on your YouTube channel that when someone wants to know that next level about you, you can send them a link to a YouTube video is probably even more valuable than 10,000 subscribers. Because if you think of it this way, and this is how it's worked for me, my strategy has been simple, right? I'm trying to build trust deep while using other certain channels to grow wide. But when I'm building trust deep, where am I trying to take them? I'm trying to take them to the most intimate piece of content that I have, and that is podcasting. Podcasting to me, the intimacy where you're able to hear me, you're able, I'm in your ear, I'm telling a story, but the reason it's intimate is because I'm allowing you, the consumer, to paint your own picture of what I'm talking about. Therefore, you feel closer to me, you feel as though we're on this journey together. When I'm creating video, I love video content, I create a ton of video content, but that's me dictating to you what you should be visualizing, because remember, video is a show as a show medium, not a, a tell medium. But when I look at all of these things, this is important, but to go the next level and to, and to kind of wrap where I want you guys to think about this is, every one of these platforms give you, gives you data and information that can help you out. The question is, are you willing to look at that data? Are you willing to trust the data? And then look at the data again and tweak. Right? Just because the data says that more people seem to be engaging with your content on Instagram on Monday mornings, and then you post on Monday mornings and not you don't increase your engagement, it doesn't mean that the data is wrong. It probably means that somewhere in your backlog, you've been posting a lot more on Mondays and the data is a little skewed, right? And so you want to be able to test these things out. Like right now on Instagram, I'm not posting in my Instagram feed. I haven't posted in about five days, which is a huge deal for me. And part of it is because my Instagram engagement is way down. My Instagram likes are way down. And even the, the target audience that I know wants to see my content on Instagram is not currently seeing it. And so I, I've tested things out. I've tried different hashtags. I've tried engaging. None of that's been working. So now I went back to the data and I'm realizing, okay, I wonder if I post in my feed maybe twice a week and I do my Instagram stories every day, if that will change how people see my content, change the level of engagement. The data is there. The question becomes, are you willing to spend the time? Are you willing to test the data? Are you willing to tweak afterwards? My, my mantra there is test, tweak, or it's, it's listen and learn, test, tweak, listen and learn again, test and tweak again, right? Like you have to be looking at the data and the information. I do that on podcasts, right? Like before I went live on this podcast, I looked at the, my, my last two months podcast, which ones were downloaded the most, which ones had the most listens in the first week? What were those titles, right? Like I want to start to understand, I, I even go as far to understand the device that you're, that you're listening to this on, right? How do I, how do I, how do I go, f you know, forward? How do I figure those things out? Right. And so, you know, if you're using Instagram stories, why not? Not swipe up and see how many people are watching your story versus clicking next. I look at that very often, right? Okay, ooh, I think I probably, I, I rambled on too long. Or, wow, everyone clicked next right away when I talked about my podcast episode. Maybe I don't need a, to uh, market my podcast episode with a picture of the podcast on Instagram stories. Maybe I just need to do a story where I talk about my podcast and what I talked about on my Instagram stories, right? The data, if we, if we want to know what our customers want, and if we believe in the power of social media, as I said to start off this podcast episode, it's driving 80% of my revenue. So not only am I, I'm preaching at you, but I'm preaching because I'm a believer and because it's working for me. And it's not because I have some giant following. I'm not, I don't have a giant following on LinkedIn. I barely have a thousand subscribers on, on YouTube. I, I have a little over 15,000 followers uh, on Instagram. My Facebook page maybe has 4,000 likes, right? 
it's not my, I, I don't have millions of followers. I don't have this like crazy influencer reach where people are like, oh, that's that's because you, Brian, it's because you have all of those followers. No, the key is I'm really strategic with each individual channel. I leverage the data and I also have a strategy with everything I do. And here's maybe the, the, the most important part is I'm not afraid to throw out my strategy and try something new. I had an entire strategy built for Instagram for this month of August for me to launch something that I'm launching in September. And because Instagram has fallen off so much for me, I threw that plan out. I'm now adapting that plan into podcast episodes and LinkedIn uh, content so that I can test it out over there. Because one of the other things I think we do way too much on social media is that we start doing the same thing for far too long without adapting, without trying something new. How do we know that something new won't be better and unless we're willing to try it. If you've never posted at night, start posting at night. If you've never posted a video on Instagram, try a video or on LinkedIn, try a video on LinkedIn. If you've never posted three times in a day on Facebook, why not try that? I know all of the gurus tell you not to, but how do you know that your audience wouldn't appreciate that? How do you know that that's not something of value that you get? And and for me, that's that's a big piece of it. And the the other element of this is, is yes, press the damn button. And I think the, the, the piece that we also have to remember is that the first word of social media is being social. It is about connecting with people at a human level. I think too often we say that, but we don't do that, right? We, we drop a call to action or we tell people to go sign up for our webinar in every one of our posts. The thing about it is we don't want to sign up for another webinar, but if we trust you and we start to learn more about your story and then you tell us how we can get additional information and it happens to be in a webinar, we will jump on that all day long. It sounds basic, but far too many people, when we're looking at social media, we're not being social. We're talking at people, not talking with people. And when someone starts talking with us, we either kill the conversation by giving them a heart or a thumbs up or saying thank you. And we don't foster that conversation into something deeper. I will tell you, I'm also strategic in how I reply, when I reply, even who I reply to. There are some people that I know are not my target demographic that will not ever become my fan or someone that I know that I can turn into a business value and I might not reply to them versus someone else that might have five followers but doing my research realize, woo, that's an audience that I really need to reach. I'm gonna hyper-engage with them. Being strategic does not mean that you are being disconnected. Being strategic does not mean that you don't value your community. Being strategic means that you value your time and you value your audience's time so that you can provide people what they want, where they want, when they want it. Guys, I'm a believer because it's working for me. I'm trying new things. I will happily report to you guys next year on how how social how much revenue I generated from social media um, in 2019. But if you're willing to put in the time, leverage the data, invest in the relationships, and give people a path to do business with you, it can transform your business. It can it can regulate things that you're doing. It can replace some things that you've maybe lost in your business uh, cycle. But Uh, remember this part is that social media will not fix stupid and it will not stop bad people from doing bad things. And the bad people are going to exist. Stupid people are going to do stupid things on social media. It's up to us to amplify the good. It's up to us to tell our story. It's up to us that if you're not liking social media because it's uh, too negative and there's too much bad going on, start unfollowing and blocking and start sharing the good. Start sharing your content more. By simply removing and saying, screw it, I'm not going to be on Twitter anymore because it's too disconnected, you're doing yourself a disservice and your community. You control your 
feed, we as an or, we as a, a community, especially the social media space, we have the ability to change the world by spending more time amplifying the good and less time giving oxygen and time to the bad and those doing bad things. My name is Brian Fanzo, iSocial Fans. Thank you guys for checking out this episode of the FOMO Fans Podcast. As I said, check out my sponsor, Fable.co. Uh, it's F-A-B-L dot C-O. Um, also, if you love this show, I would love a, a review over there on iTunes that does help people uh, get to see more of this content. But as I said, for me, uh, I love this medium. I love sharing with you guys. I love engaging with you on social. Um, I don't care what network it is. I can almost guarantee you, no matter the social network, Reddit, Tumblr, whatever it may be, Pinterest, SlideShare, TikTok, um, I'm on it, I'm engaged, and I would love for you to reach out to me on your favorite social network. Uh, let me know you listen to the show, and let me know if you have uh, tips that are working for you. I'm, I have no ego. I, I'm always listening and learning and trying to find new ways to do new things in this crazy uh, world that we call uh, the digital landscape. But I am a believer. I am optimistic and passionate that we are living in the greatest time in history. It's just up to us to spend our more of our time amplifying the good and telling our stories. Until next time, guys, make it a great day. Cheers.